From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 475 of the week of July 26, 2015. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata-Willie, and Tony Spatel. And in this segment, Mary Jo takes another one of her patented Day 6 drives. Where are we heading to, Mary Jo? We're heading on the uh, west side beaches we have our west beaches and our south beaches and before i talked about um santa monica and venice and i'm moving my way down the coast so Uh, today we're going to manhattan beach redondo beach etc etc okay i like it i I like etc you like etc 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 so is this like talk spanish to me (laughs) no i'm Doing my Yul Brenner impression from The King and I. Oh, yes, okay. you're right. You are. Except I only said I said that one time, two times. But anyway, I digress slightly or a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I wanted to do this in this segment is concentrate um, on the areas if people are staying at, near the LAX airport. A lot of times people will go there um, the night before they go to the Disneyland Resort or they have this one last day and they have to spend the night at the Dis- at LAX because the next day they're leaving early. So I thought I'd review some of the areas that are accessible from the LAX airport. So um, I just, first of all, I wanted to say that LAX airport's in a town called Inglewood, which is right next to El Segundo. And in El Segundo, there's, I recommend that if somebody wants to get groceries before they go to the Anaheim Resorts, there's a fantastic Ralph's that's a two-minute drive, and I know it's two minutes because I've driven it. Oh, Mary Jo, I'm going to have to... I've driven oh. it. Okay, no, I have to correct you. Okay. Because that's Ralph's is in Westchester. No. I, You're yes. going north. I'm going south on Sepulveda on... Well, well, I think they should go north on Sepulveda because it's a better Ralph's. <laughs> Because I went to Loyola Marymount. My alma mater is in that town. Okay. The they only should go thing, to the other one. The only thing. Yes, you're right. They're heading to, the wrong way. You were. Right. But but I'm glad you I'm glad you interjected, Tony, because there's something else that a lot of people like to go visit when they come to California. You're right. And that's heading into Westchester. It is. To the north. You're right. And I know what you're going to say. Well, you can say it. There's a great statue of Tom and I. <laughs> right. No, there's that's where the in and out is. That's where right? the in and out is. Yes. yes. Um Ex- expect to wait. Oh yeah, a well there's time. always a line at that in and out. Is it that one that's right by the airport? Yes. Yes, that's, that's what, what we're oh, saying. God, yes. That's, that's why Tony and I were mentioning mm-hmm. that that's a good Yeah, it's really awful. Yeah. And then there's also a huge um it's another it's an icon for California. Or excuse me, it's an icon in the LA area that people go to, and it's Randy's Donuts. Yep. And yep, I've been there. You, I have never been there, but you can't. Okay, oh, it's it. re- they're really good. Oh no, they're donuts. They don't even. They're, it they depends gotta, what you want in a donut. Well, right? well, no, they're 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 good. 
But so is the mom and pop place down the street. I'm just saying. Okay. They're not. I prefer mom and pop. Excuse okay, me, I'm Tony. Just for the mom and pop down yes. the street does not have a hundred foot donut. Okay, that's my point. I'm saying <laughs> it's it's yeah. You have to go because of the big donut. And yeah. It's in the it's it's uh, it's in um. Isn't that it is Iron Man? I know. Iron Man is, sits on the donut. And it is cool watching um going on the ride uh rock and roller coaster and being mm-hmm. like I've been there. That is kind of cool. Um, but as donuts go, they're good. They're not like, oh my gosh, these are the best donuts ever. You're going no, for they're, donuts, they're not the best donuts the big, ever. Yeah, and they're the biggest. And I would suggest going there during the daytime. Leave it at that. Okay, so after you get your animal burger, I forget how you would you call them, then you can go over there to Randy's Donuts and get a a normal non assuming <laughs> donut <laughs> from from from. But. If you're not going to do that, you can go the other way on Sepulveda South for t- a two-minute drive. And that's uh, – El Segundo is a really nice area. It is. Mm-hmm. And they have a Ralph's there. Um, and if you There's go- some good breakfast joints in El Segundo too. Yes, there are. There's a lot of um, nice restaurants. Close by LAX Airport, there's a restaurant called The Proud Bird, which has a – aviation thing to it which is a pretty cool restaurant you can sit there and watch the planes land and every day they have a different buffet as well as the regular menu and that's a good one and then if you drive down Sepulveda to a street called um, Rosecrans which is less than a five minute drive there's you're going to find a plethora of restaurants there you're going to find McCormick and Schmick Houston's Johnny Rockets Cozy Mail which is a Kind of a tasty, not too spicy Mexican restaurant. P.F. Chang's, Paul Martin, Fleming's. Um, on the, there's also Salt Creek Grill over there. Brickworks, t- r- Tin Roof Bistro, California Pizza Kitchen are all in that area. So if you want to have a nice dinner, you don't have to drive far, um, to go to them. However, if you want scenic, um, while you're dining and stuff, I'll talk about that in, in this segment. And I, the areas that I've talked about before, I had mentioned in my segment where I was driving from LAX to Disneyland via the Southern California coast. But now I'm going to go a little bit more in depth about these places because they're really, they're really neat. You know, a lot of people go to Santa Monica Beach, Santa Monica Pier and Santa Monica Beach, but there are so many tourists there that you, it's doesn't, it's not a real good uh, reflection of what it's like to be here. So if people want to get a taste of what it's like to be here, then you're going to want to go to these beaches. And the first one I'm going to talk about is Manhattan Beach. Uh, Manhattan Beach. Now, a cool thing is from Santa Monica all the way to Palos Verdes Peninsula, we it's the it's all beach. You can go from Palos Verdes Peninsula, which is called Torrance Beach, and ride your bikes all the way to Santa Monica Santa Monica Pier. And that's 20 miles without stopping. And I've actually done that, and it's really I nice. have too. Have you really? Isn't well, that a fun? I, yeah, right remember I went, I went to Loyola, Marymount, oh, which is near the airport. So, yeah, I used to do – I. that's why – oh, Redondo Beach. I got to be on the show. I used to hang out down there. Did you ever go rollerblading on the Strand? Yes, I did. I used to go roller skating back in back in the yeah. day. So, yeah, I did the whole rollerblading yeah. thing back and, in the early 90s. Yeah, and it's fun. And you, you go over there and you rollerblade or roller skate, whatever you happen to have. And then you just go swim in the ocean and put the skates back on and keep going. So it, it's really nice over there. So 
Manhattan Beach, what's nice about that, it's it's a beautiful beach. The neighborhood is a little bit upscale. The um, kind of the architecture of the houses, is, it's one of those neighborhoods where the houses are very close together and there's, it'll be like um, the houses face each other with a little walkway. So people have a little front yard and no backyard. And so they'll be sitting out there at sunset and everything and the people are very um, out. Uh, very open in that area. So if you go over there to the beach, you can see, um, you can probably catch a volleyball tournament because that's where the volleyball tournaments began. Um, there's always that I've seen surfers out there in the morning at, at the beach. If you're lucky, you might see a whale. You'll see different boats and stuff like that. It's just beautiful. If you hit Manhattan Beach Boulevard and you look down at the beach, you'll see the pier and there's a roundhouse at the end of the pier uh, with an aquarium in it and they have local plants and, and animals and it's, it's also used as a research spot. So if you'd like to take pictures, if you're a photographer, this makes a great subject for your photos, especially at sunset. I saw a picture the other day. Um, oh my gosh, I'll share it with you guys on, on Facebook. It's absolutely gorgeous with the sun behind the, the roundhouse. But, um, it's also nice. And as Tony and I were talking about riding our bikes, that's called the strand. And the strand is between the street and the sand. It is a sidewalk that has pedestrians, bikers, and you just, there's a definite rules on, on, um, navigating the strand. So you just need to pay attention. Uh, you don't cross it without looking both ways because a bike might run into you or you might run into a bike. Um, there's lots of restaurants in the area. Also, there's um, the Kettle, which is a 24-hour restaurant. That place is great. And if I'm not mistaken, here's my theory on that place. So I, it's okay. been a while, 20 years. I swear that's where Mimi's Cafe started. You think so? Okay, now here's why. Here's my theory. Okay, here's what, okay so back... Back in like college, I used to, I remember going That's there. A long time ago. Yes, it is a long time ago. <laughs> and they had the same menu as there was back when Mimi's. There was only a couple in Southern California, and I remember going to another Mimi's, a uh, Mimi's, and it had nearly the same menu and the same font, like on the menu. And Mimi's oh, wow. at the time had a very specific menu, like with the French onion soup and the and so I I could be totally wrong, totally making it up. But I swear that might have been either the original or what, you know, was was based on. But I remember the same font in the menu and having the same. And this is back when there was like three Mimi's in Southern California. Well, That's it, my theory. It, it's yeah. a great restaurant. People should go. It, At least it was, 20, it was 20 some odd years ago. Well, okay, I'm, I'm Wikipediaing right now. Okay. My boss takes us there for breakfast, um, our year-end breakfast over there at the Kettle. And we eat breakfast that we meet at six in the morning and we eat over there and what i like about it is it's not a chain restaurant the food is really good like you were mm-hmm. saying tony um it still is good over there that's that's good to know yeah and because nothing like a 20 year old review <laughs> yeah well oh, I, I i still go there wrong. and it's it's um moderate prices so what did you find out nancy Okay, completely wrong. Arthur J. Sims, who headed the commissary at MGM Studios in the 50, his son Thomas Sims, Brian Taylor, and Paul Kurtz opened the first Mimi's Cafe in December 1978 in Anaheim, California. 
They operated. Well, somebody in... stole somebody something from somebody, and that's my story. There was and some... and they sold out eventually to Bob Evans. Yeah, I knew that, but anyways, okay, so forget what I said. And then now they be- belong to Group Le Duff, which owns La Madeleine restaurants. But anyway, so let's we we dig- we we digressed a lot. Yeah, that was my fault. Okay, so um. That was just the kettle that I mentioned. Okay, there's another place called Poncho's. Did you ever go there, Tony? Poncho's on Rosecrans and Highland, I believe? No. That's a, it's a Mexican restaurant. You know, parking, land is really expensive over there. And this is one of the very few restaurants that actually has a little parking lot next to the restaurant. And it's high up on a hill, and the food is excellent over there. They also have a, an Italian restaurant called Mamma Mia's, which is really good. Um, Mr. Pocket Sports Bar and, Bar and Grill billiards um a lot of places to go there's another restaurant that i that i went to that i loved it's called the post office restaurant because it used to be a post office and they give you the menu in envelopes like they're sending giving you mail and it's your it's your menu so they have a lot what i like about manhattan beach is they have a lot of unique places they're not the chain restaurants that you a lot you know that you find everywhere so also in Manhattan Beach, there's it's very hilly over there. There's a lot of sand dunes. They built Manhattan Beach on sand dunes. So if you want to go walking, you can either walk straight along the beach or you can actually go up and um, just go through the shops and stuff like that. And there's a place called Sand Dune Park. If you really want to work out, it's a 12-story sand dune that's in a neighborhood. Uh, it does cost a dollar now because people were just kind of over-inundating it and they wanted to... Um, make some money to keep it clean etc but it's really popular it's so popular that you have to make a reservation but they have the i mean to run up and down that if you really need to work on your legs that's a good place to go to if you continue south along the beach because remember we're on these on the west coast uh the next beach you get to is hermosa beach which is another really popular beach again slightly upscale uh, this is where you will see what the real Southern California life is like, you know, opposed to Santa Monica. For some um, people. <laughs> well, I mean, this is for beach life. Okay. I, I call, I call it beach life. And it's not like the, like, not like where I live, but mm-hmm. how the, how, where the people who live along the beach, that's where it's just okay. really nice over there. Um, they have rental shops over there with boogie board, for boogie boards, surfboards, skateboards. So you don't have to worry about bringing it. So if you're staying at a hotel near the LAX airport, um, go to Hermosa Beach to rent those and you can spend your day at the beach. They have, uh, they also have a pier there and the pier itself is pretty plain, but before you get to the pier, it's all pedestrian and they have a lot of pubs, small dining establishments, places to do karaoke, etc. And, um, they do have a pretty good nightlife there. Crowds are probably a little bit younger, twenties to thirties, but there's also a local place there called the Comedy and Magic Club. And I've gone to that place uh, quite a few times. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Have you? No. I've heard no. of it. Comedy Magic Club, It's um, the tickets are around $15. But, and then there's a two-item minimum of either drinks or food. That to, if you, So if you're going to see the early show, you can grab dinner there. And that meets that requirement. And they always have two comedians and a magician. And a lot of Sundays, Jay Leno still performs there. So if you get their calendar... 
Um, if you like Jay Leno, you can watch him. He's uh, the reviews that he gets. He's really funny, etc. And I've seen Tim Allen there. I've seen whole, I've just seen a lot of people there. It's a lot. It's really fun. If you go to the shows, just keep in mind that the second show is a little bit more raunchy. Uh, it's a little blue humor. So if you want cleaner humor, you want to go to the earlier show when you go there. Another cool thing about Manhattan Beach is that they have a place um, for kids. It's a it's called the Adventure Plex for children. And you can leave your kids there. It's from 530 to 9 p.m. and go have dinner. And they have all kinds of activities. They'll feed them. And it's pretty cool because it's right next to the Marvel Studios. That's I also work close to there. So we always, we're always passing it. And the Marvel Studios don't have tours or anything, but it's kind of cool to know that they're right there where they film a lot of that stuff um, next to the Adventure Plex. So if you want an adult night out, there's a safe place to leave your children. Um, Again, it's called the Adventure Plex. So continuing in Hermosa Beach, um, besides um, the little restaurants that we're talking about, they also have a place called Hennessy's Tavern. Barnacles Barn Grill. Doesn't that sound good? Uh, there's the Blue Gill. You also have the chain restaurants like Cheesecake Factory and Chart House and some other ones that are really nice. Again, you, there's no lack of places to eat over there. And if you continue south, you're going to hit Redondo Beach. And Redondo Beach, I grew up going there. Um, we went there quite often uh, growing up. Again, this Redondo Beach and Torrance Beach are right next to each other. Redondo Beach is right next to the, there's a Redondo Beach Pier that also has restaurants and shops. And if you want to eat um, at a restaurant by the ocean, um, I'm going to recommend Tony's, not Tony's Patel, but hmm. Tony's on the Pier. And Tony's on the Pier is well known. It's a very popular restaurant here. They have good food and walking around the pier and everything is just, it makes for a really nice afternoon and evening, or even if you want to go there for lunch. They also have some night entertainment there at the pier, or if you want to go someplace where you get, they, um, you pick your crab and they'll boil it for you and you eat it right there with a little hammer and stuff. They do have that kind of um, eating at the pier too, or lobsters and um, other things over there. So I do recommend that. Going back to Hermosa Beach, I mentioned Hennessy's Tavern. That's another one that looks out over the beach. And you can, if you time it right, you can watch the sunset. Our beaches are beautiful for sunsets, especially um, in the, well, any time of year. Because in this, in the winter, they're beautiful. And right now, they're absolutely gorgeous. So um, Hennessy's in Hermosa Beach or Tony's on the pier to go eat that. You can also rent bikes in Redondo Beach area. They have boat tours. They have other sea things that um, you can do. If you go farther along there, I have actually seen whales and I've seen dolphins uh, swimming close to shore from there. And there's they have this bluff that goes as you go south towards Palos Verdes Peninsula on Torrance Beach now. Um, the sidewalk kind of goes up. And so you're in a bluff overlooking the beach with pathways down to the beach and that lead down to the strand that Tony and I were talking about. And that's a beautiful area to you just sit there and just watch the ocean and the birds and the pelicans and the surfers and everything. It's just, and the people walking, it's just such a friendly um, place to go. So I highly recommend it. Um, if you go 
further south from Redondo Beach, and you just want to explore, you're going to be hitting the Palos Verdes Peninsula. And the Palos Verdes Peninsula, just a little bit of history on it, because you guys know I like history. It used to be an island. But after the Ice Age, all the sediment that was pushed down from our local mountains um, deposited so much sediment that it connected, eventually it connected the shore to the island. So now it's this big peninsula. And you can drive around it. And then you go from the west beaches to the south beaches um, via the Palos Verdes Peninsula. And the drive is also really beautiful with a lot of stops. And I did mention that on my LAX to Disneyland uh, segment. So I'm not going to be talking about all of those things, but I am going to be talking about some of the other things too about the peninsula. There's four cities. There's Palos Verdes, <laughs> not very uh, imaginative in the name. So Palos Verdes Estates, which was established in 1939. So it's the oldest city. And then they have Rolling Hills, Rolling Hills Estates and Rancho Palos Verdes. And so over there, they have horseback riding, they have golf, ice skating, tennis. There's a lot of parks and people may not know it, but there's a lot of hiking over there. So if you come and you're the outdoors type of person or you just want to go on these beautiful walks without exerting yourself too much, Palos Verdes is a great place for that kind of activity and the scenery is really pretty. Um, another area is Malibu, which I'll probably do a segment later on, but it's farther away. You're, you're to get there to Malibu. You're talking about an hour drive, 45 minutes to an hour drive where Palos Verdes is going to be like half an hour drive to get to it. So it's a lot closer. They have Malaga Cove, which, um, surfers hike down these cliffs to this rocky beach. And so it's also a good area for scuba diving, etc. And they have the Malaga Cove Plaza, which is this beautiful little plaza. And they have a King Neptune fountain there that was copied from one in Italy. And it was presented to the city uh, as a gift from Italy. So they have shops, a deli, cafe, and market over there if you like that. There's also in the Palos Verdes Peninsula, um, the South Coast Botanic Garden. It's 87 acres. Beautiful garden. I think it's free to go there. I went to a wedding there three weeks ago, four week, a month ago. I went to a wedding there and it was my second favorite wedding I've ever been to. It was absolutely beautiful. The scenery, the, the, the flowers that you could smell just redolent in the air, redolent in the air and everything. So, um, again, so many plants and there are a lot of local plants. And when you walk on there, you overlook Los Angeles. You can see this the San Gabriel Mountains in the distance and the city of LA in the distance. So it's another beautiful spot. And this is called the South Coast Botanic Garden. Um, going back up to the coast part of, of Palos Verdes, um, there's the Point Vicente Lighthouse. And there's two lighthouses on Palos Verdes. This is the north northern one. This is a great place to watch whales. I've gone there a few times and they have people out there who mark what whales they've seen, how many they've seen, and they'll go there with their binoculars and telescopes and everything to see that whales. They also have a little museum there that's neat to check out. And if you happen to be here on the second Saturday of the month, they have tours that they give you of the lighthouse. They, it's another area that's wonderful for pictures, um, and, or to have picnics. It was built in 1926 and decommissioned in 1975. Just beautiful. Um, then if you continue along the coast, you're going to see Terranea Resort, 
Well, the Terraneo Resort used to be what we called Marineland. For anybody who remembers Marineland, uh, that was prior to the SeaWorld days. Um, and SeaWorld purchased Marineland, and then they closed Marineland. Hmm. So we, a lot of locals were upset. And that area stayed vacant for many, many years. It was closed probably in the early 80s, I think. Maybe early 90s. Um, it was closed and it stayed vacant and that's where they filmed part of the Pirates of the Caribbean. So that was another cool thing that we saw. Um, I actually drove there with my kids and saw some of the props for Pirates of the Caribbean, but it had this huge no trespassing sign and I said, nah, I'm not going to go. I had this visions of the police swarming on me and whatever, so I didn't go there. If you continue... You come to a place called Wayfarer's Chapel by um, Lloyd Wright. And I, we grew up calling it the Glass Chapel. And have any of you been there to Wayfarer's Chapel? No, I've just seen it in Frank Lloyd Wright's mm -hmm. books. Okay. Nancy, I really recommend you take your girls on a drive around PV, uh, Palos Verdes, to see yeah. some of these sites. Because it's really, really beautiful. And it's kind of calming. And then they go out in the parks and run around and stuff like that. But... The, the chapel is made, it's all, it's glass, stone, and wood. So when mm. you're sitting in there, there's these trees on the outside and you feel like you're in the middle of nature. And then you look out through the windows and you see the ocean below you. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And, um, it's a famous place. It's a popular place for weddings. Um, so we always are often see weddings up there. And right below Wayfarer's Chapel is Abalone Cove. And for five bucks, you can park over there, hike down. It's about a 10 minute walk and you, there's a lot of tide pools. And what's kind of cool about that is since people can't park next to the tide pools, they're rather untouched. So you can go down there and we went down there, um, and we saw sea lions down on the rocks. You know, you're not supposed to go near them. So we didn't and they ignored us, but it was so cool to be near this wildlife and to be there where the tide pools were. So that's another place that I do recommend. They do have a nature center and a preserve that um, has live animals and exhibits that you can see there. Um, I just want to jump back, sorry, um, for Redondo Beach. What I didn't mention is there's a place over there called Seaside Lagoon, which is another great place to take young children. They have no waves there. It has a picnic area, has water toys that they can swim out to, like little barges and like floating whales and stuff like that for them to climb on and slides, etc. And there's lifeguards. And near there, they have the Ruby's Diner, Joe's Crab Shack, etc. And um, the, that we also saw the Black Pearl over there from Pirates of the Caribbean back when they were filming, filming it. So Seaside Lagoon um, over in Redondo Beach, that's another place to go. Going back to Palos Verdes um, and um, the Abalone Cove, there's other parks there that are really beautiful to contemplate uh, the ocean, have picnics. You can get food at any, like I said, there's so many restaurants that'll pack up a lunch for you and the other, uh, the Ralph's that I was talking about, not the one that Tony was talking about. You could mm -hmm. grab something and take it down there to make a, to do a picnic. And you can see Catalina Island. Now remember Catalina Island's 26 miles away. And if it's a clear day, you can see the island behind Catalina Island called Santa Barbara Island. That's 35 miles away. And if it's a super clear day, you can see the San Nicolas Island, which is 70 miles away. 
and San Nicolas Island, a lot of people who um, have probably in school or whatever, if you've ever read the book Island of the Blue Dolphins, the mm-hmm. girl that was stranded on that island, she was stranded on San Nicolas Island. Oh. So that's, I mean, that's a true story. And so San Nicolas, it's just so to, so to see it, you know, to see a little dot, it's, it's really cool. So, and continuing to drive around Palos Verdes, you know, as you go exploring and everything, whether you're going to hike or if you just want to drive, uh, you also see the Trump National Golf Club that was, um, with the winner of the first apprentice when he had a choice of either, uh, developing the golf, the golf course or the Chicago complex and he he chose chicago but they have this beautiful golf course um i've gone there just to check it out and they have a clubhouse etc over there and that's really pretty um but i kind of like the other parks that they have in palos verdes they have just beyond the trump golf course they have another place where you can drive now this one you drive down and it's a place called white point or royal palms you could park down below and you can go Especially at low tide, you can just walk along the bottom of the cliffs and see the tide pools. And it's just another beautiful area. This one does have some natural pools where children can play. The water is probably a little bit warmer because it's just kind of sits there. And it's maybe about two feet deep. And so it's a great place for kids to play in. It's nice and safe. The waves aren't going to knock them over and stuff like that. You and that place is safe, but where the tide pools are, you're going to see the sea urchins and sea anemones, sea slugs, and all crabs and all those other kind of animals, and sometimes fish, octopus. Uh, we've seen all that kind of all those kind. And when I was younger, back in the '70s, when it wasn't so regulated, um, I live in an area that has a lot of um, Samoans, and I remember sitting there, and a Samoan man came up, and he had this little hatchet, and he picked up the sea urchin and started chopping it up and eating it right there. My friend and I were like, we were kind of in shock because we had never seen that before, but um, they don't let you do that kind of stuff anymore. So that's another really good place. If you drive back up and you continue south on Palos Verdes, you're going to get to a park called Point Furman Park. Um, this has another lighthouse that's purported to be haunted. So a lot of locals like to go there at nighttime to see if they see the lady walking on the second floor of it. But it was built in 1874, and it's a beautiful lighthouse that we have. And the park also is pretty cool. If you're lucky, you'll see hand gliders um, f- jumping off the cliffs here. Um, the cliffs are pretty steep. They do have a couple of trails that will go down to the beach if you want to try them. Uh, but there's a couple of signs that say... Uh, enter at your own risk so I've never done it myself but this is um, 37 acres at this park and it's again another beautiful park to go relax and and enjoy and again you can see Catalina and if you look on the other side from Catalina you're going to see the Korean friendship bell that was presented to the United States in 1976 which was our best bicentennial so the name of the park is Angels Gate Park and the bell itself is, it's huge. You can see it from, from miles away. And you go up there and the, de- the intricacy of all the designs on it is just so cool. A lot of, every time I go up there, people are flying kites. It's a huge, huge park. And it's another place with a good view of, Pal- of, excuse me, San Pedro, Long Beach, 
the beaches down that way, Santa Catalina and, and LA, you can see that from the park, which is just really, really nice. So that's another fun thing to explore when you go over there. But as you continue down from there, um, next to the Korean Bell, you have Fort Mark, Fort MacArthur Museum. It was an actual army post that was, um, put there in 1914 to 1947. So during the world wars, that was the army protecting us, you know, against any attack that might be happening. And before they built up San, uh, Palos Verdes, when I was a teenager, you would go down there and you could, there were bunkers where the military used to hide in case we were attacked by um, the, the uh, people we thought were going to attack us back in those days. So it's, it was kind of interesting to see that. That's no longer there, but the museum, Fort MacArthur is now a museum where you can um, see what the artifacts that they had during that time and learn some of the history that we had here in LA. And if you go down the hill, you're going to hit Portugal. And Portugal, there's a lot happening there too. You have um, boat tours, sightseeing tours, helicopter tours. Um, it's modeled after an East Coast fishing village. So they have like these little walkways that go through shops and restaurants. Um, back in the 70s and 80s, it was bustling, all kinds of stores. Now there's uh, some vacant stores, but it's still a pretty area to go to and it's safe and everything. There are still some stores and there's restaurants. There's a restaurant I like called Acapulco Restaurant. And you can sit out there in the patio in the back and watch the cruise ships as they come and go. Especially if you go like on a Saturday or Sunday, you could watch the cruise ships or you watch people with their little boats that could have a little marina over there and watch them. It's really nice. But they have some, um, it's one of those places too where you can go and you choose the fish and they'll make a stir fry for you right there with the ingredients you want. And you can't get fresher than that. It's really good. I don't know if you guys have ever tried it. Um, it's a little on the spicy side, but it's, it's absolutely delicious. They also have an LA Maritime Museum there. Um, it used to be a ferry house and I remember taking that ferry when I was a kid and it would go to Terminal Island before they had the bridges. So, um, or I don't know if we took it in addition to the bridge. So I have to look that. Nancy, can you look that up? Vincent Thomas Bridge. When did they build that? But, um, okay. That's, that'll be for my next segment, but we can still get that one. But anyway, so they used to have a ferry and they turned it into a museum and you can go there. And next to it, they have a battleship called the USS Iowa. Uh, it's a 1940 Navy battleship. It was commissioned by the Navy and served as a battleship for 50 years before being retired in 1990. So it was, um, it, uh, it also served in the Persian Gulf. It transported President Franklin D. Roosevelt. President Ronald Reagan, uh, President George H.W. Bush, and it's um, transported more presidents than any other ship, just so you know that. So it's a floating museum over there in the L.A. waterfront that you could see. And notice I said L.A. waterfront, not San Pedro waterfront. That's because the city of Los Angeles from downtown L.A. owns the land from downtown L.A. all the way to the ocean. There's a corridor that LA owns in case something happens. If we're in war, LA, the city of LA has control of the Harbor. So it's not the San Pedro Harbor it's the Los Angeles Harbor. And it, they did that for, um, on purpose. So it was it, opened in 19 in November 15th, 1963, 
Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I, okay, I was only three years old, so I can't remember. So maybe my mom and dad were afraid to go over the bridge, and so we took the ferry. I don't know, because it was a big bridge in those days. Um, thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. Anytime. My Google is your Google. <laughs> thank you. So, um, so just next to the museum in the USS Iowa is the port where um, some ships are. You have Prince's Cruise Line and some other, I think Carnival goes there too. Disney used to come to this port. They now go to the Long Beach port. And so there's this really beautiful walkway over there. And they have another um, ship. And it's called the SS Lane Victory World War II Merchant Cargo Ship. It was built in 1945. And it was used during the um, World War II and during Korean and Vietnam Wars. And it's now a museum. They do reenactment excursions, Victory at Sea. And I was reading, we have a board on the, we have a, board called California in the West. And I was reading the other day, one of our dizzers was saying that he enjoyed the tour on the SS Lane Victory more than he did the USS Iowa. So I'm thinking, hmm, I need to go over there and check it out. Next to, oh, so go ahead, Something Nancy. else in that vicinity uh-huh. is uh, the Cabrillo Marine Aquarium. Good segue. I was just going to mention it. So okay. Well, there you go. Thank you. So Cabrillo Beach is right next to San Pedro also. And Cabrillo Beach is a mile long. And they have this aquarium there that was built by or designed by Frank Frank Gehry, which I thought was interesting. And the I've been to the aquarium. It explains so much. <laughs> oh, why the, the architecture of the aquarium? Yeah, it, it? It, it, by, it, had, it by just saying it was a Frank Gehry design, it, it just explains so much to me. That's a favorite field trip for our kids in the summertime. Yeah. On their summer program. So we've been there a few times with the kids. Yeah. And knowing that just something clicked, right, Nancy? Because it did for me when I was like, okay, that makes sense. So I, Yeah, it does. It totally makes sense. Yeah. It's an interesting architecture. They do have these huge whale skeletons. Um, hanging from the ceiling during the summertime for any of you who've ever heard of Grunion, they have this wonderful um, program over there where the Grunion run Grunion are fish that kind of look about, they're about the size of anchovies. They come up on the sand at nighttime, they lay their eggs and then they go back. So they come up with the wave and they go back with the wave. And if you catch it at the right time during the full moon, cause they come Full moon and new moon. So every two weeks they come up on the sand. So if you go there during the full moon, you see these silver bodies. It's absolutely beautiful up on the beach. And Cabrillo Beach Museum has a program where you go over there. They, they explain the Grenion, how they, how they operate. We'll say, you know, and how, how they lay their eggs, etc. And then they have eggs. They lay their eggs in the sand. And then when they hatch, the waves will agitate the sand and then take the little baby fish back to the ocean. So they'll have cups with sand and water, seawater in it, and you swirl the cups and then you see all these little eggs start popping and these little fish start swimming around. So it's really cool to see that. And then everybody can go out and watch the grunion come up. And the grunion come up, oh my gosh, anywhere between 10 p.m. to 2 o'clock in the morning. So it's interesting. You'll see a scout come first and then you'll see all of them and hundreds and hundreds of them on the on the beach. So if you do come in the summertime, um, they're still running right now, but the Cabrillo Beach program ended in July. 
last weekend. So they're, they're not having any more programs this year, but I highly recommend doing that when you do come out, if you get that opportunity. There's very few places in the world where grunion come up. So there's um, also over there at the Cabrillo Beach, besides this cool aquarium that's free to go into, but they do ask for donations if you want to give them. Uh, they also have fire pits on the beach. You can walk to the break wall that they have there that has a lighthouse, windsurfers, tide pools. And close to Cabrillo Beach, they have what they call Pier 22 Landing that does deep sea fishing. So they'll go... Um, out into the harbor and there's a barge with bait and they'll get the bait and they'll go out past the lighthouse and they'll go to Catalina and they go to other places to go fishing. So that's another cool thing. If you want to go deep sea fishing, you can do that also in the San Pedro area. I do recommend that if you like that. And they do provide equipment if you don't have some with you. Um, also in San Pedro, they have an arts district and the art district has on the first Thursday, they have an art walk and usually food trucks come around it's a wonderful way to um, look at the local art that's here in the area and to enjoy this kind of flavor that we have in San Pedro. So that's basically what I wanted to talk about as far as these beaches, uh, this area that we have here over by LAX. I do want to say that there is a website called the LA Tourist website. I'm going to send Tom a link to it. And it lists things to do near the LAX airport and if you're there for a layover and to do other things. And what's cool about that, it tells you how to get to these different places that I've been talking about if you don't have a car. So they talk about how to get to Hermosa Beach Pier, Redondo Beach Pier, but they also tell you how to get to Marina del Rey, Santa Monica, and Venice Beach. So I'll be including the links to that or the link to that page and for Tom to put in the show notes. But that's it. Very cool. Thank you, Mary Jo. Mm-hmm. It's it's always fun going to the I these this is my backyard so I do go to these places quite a lot. Thank you everyone that is going to do it for the segment of Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week and of course we'll be back in with you next week. Until then remember Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>